Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome, listeners, to this Speaking from Our Heart podcast episode where I'm very honoured and excited to be inviting back Elaine Godley. Uh, Elaine is the, the originator of the perfect, originator should I say even, of the Perfect 10 Wellness Programme and Elaine's going to be talking to us in this particular episode about why your family and friends might not help you. Welcome Elaine. Thank you Paul, Was a pleasure. So um, just to remind listeners what the Perfect 10 Wellness Programme is, um, no, 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 you don't need to be a rocket scientist to work out that there's actually 10 parts to it. And the 10 parts are mind, body, family, friends, work, home, values, beliefs, attitudes and behaviours. And the reason I've put those uh, 10 headings together is on the basis of what I've been guiding people, um, the ways I've been guiding people to help them live their life in balance over the past few years. So the topic we're talking today about is the, is the friends and family, uh, which is actually two in the module. It's, it's two, two separate modules. But friends and family, um, if you're going through anything, well, whatever you're going through in life, you've either got people who are with you, who are against you, or who couldn't care less. And when you're dealing with a health challenge, you really need the people who are with you to support you to be there for you to catch you when you fall all this kind of thing and i've found over many years of um, supporting families uh, particularly with people who have cancer is that i spend more time talking with the family and friends than i do actually speaking with the person that has cancer and that is because in, in my view um whether they would admit to this or not, I don't know, but it's very clear from, from where I sit that people are scared when they have a diagnosis in the family that, that's very serious. It, it literally turns their world upside down. So if you imagine that uh, your, your, your mother, brother, sister, whoever it is, child has a, a, a very serious diagnosis, the immediate thing you, you you go to think of is oh my goodness they're going to die mm. so you're in a panic you know the, the friend or the family is in a panic that energy then gets translated to the person and then that really does not help their recovery particularly if there are challenges as to what type of treatment should be undergone so for example when I was given a stage four diagnosis of cancer in 2015 I had to release some so-say friends who were absolutely adamant that I was being selfish and um, I was a dreadful person apparently because I was challenging what the doctors were saying and I was challenging the treatment route they were recommending. And when I look back now, it was their fear, their ignorance of what was available 
their immediate um, confidence in, in the doctor knows best route. And they were frightened. They were frightened that they were going to lose me, which to one degree is touching and nice and all the rest of it. But it actually doesn't help when you're when you're in a situation where you need to concentrate on recovery, not on managing other people. And another example, I just had a dear friend who had a very late diagnosis and, and there really was nothing could be done. It was um, a tragic, tragic story. And um, she's actually created some videos that um, myself and, and some of her other close friends are receiving um, after she had passed. So we're, we're receiving videos. It's a bit spooky, actually, because we're, we're having these um, video uh, messages from her, but, but she, she passed a few weeks ago. And a key thing that she is saying throughout these videos is how dare people, whoever they are, whether they're doctors, friends, family, how dare people tell, tell me how to proceed and how not to proceed. I know my body. I know what I'm capable of. I know my own mind. And this, this is a very strong lady, clearly. And she was saying that in the last few weeks, really, the last two or three weeks of her life, her energy was completely zapped by managing other people. You know, people were coming around crying. She, she actually left um, on her, uh, her um, she had a lovely room in a, in a, a nursing home. Um, it, was, it was a hospice situation, but it was actually in a nursing home. And she left this great long list of instructions that was typed out uh, by a friend on her wardrobe door. And there were all these things, you know, don't cry around me, don't do this, don't do that, don't put RIP on my Facebook page, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So the energy that people with a condition spend managing other people, it's, it's criminal, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, just listening to that, Elaine, I think that's something that... Uh, you know, we can all we can all relate to, and I, you know, as you was you was recounting that uh, those various scenarios, my mind uh, my mind went back to my mother who died of, of lung cancer through heavy smoking uh, at the at the ten, relatively tender age of sixty four, and that was about twelve years ago now, twelve thirteen years ago, and um, <clears throat> it was the same kind of thing, and and I recall an incident on the one day where I, I lost my rag a bit. Um, because I'd got to take her to the, the hospital and she was up and down and, and I lashed out a bit and I, and I, you know, out of all the various, I suppose, incidents, and I'm, I'm sure there were countless, but that one's really stuck with me. And the reason it stuck with me, Elaine, is for exactly what you, what you've alluded to. I didn't know how to angle it. I knew that, you know, the cancer was very aggressive. Um, we, you know, it was only a matter of time. She'd been told that in no uncertain terms. Um, and so I suppose my fear, because I these days look at things in a very simplified, almost black and white fear versus love scenario. Um, and my fear just took over and I was lashing out and I was angry and, you know, though almost that sort of stereotypical cliche, there's all the bad people in the world. Why my mother, you know, and all this kind of talk that comes into our minds when, as you say, when we're challenged particularly emotionally and uh, you know we don't know what we don't know and if we don't know how to angle it we do lash out we are confused um, and even even end up hurting the one that you know as they would say the one you shouldn't hurt at all so absolutely on a personal level um, Elaine you know really resonate with what you've said there I've spent so much time uh, Paul talking with 
well, well really listening is, is more to the point listening to people's fears angers worries you know what if this what if that and um I've, I've actually known some situations where husbands and wives have actually split up because one or other couldn't cope yeah. with this scenario they've actually walked away from their loved one who who had um a condition that they literally couldn't cope with so there's all so many different ways that people cope with it and um this goes back to one of the other modules in the perfect 10 wellness program the very beginning one which is behavior and that's why it's so important to understand our behaviors and how we are going to tackle things ourselves if we have a diagnosis and more to the point how our friends and family are reacting because each of the behavioral types will react in, in a different way and when you know what your style is and how how to manage yourself and then you understand the other styles and how you can preempt conversations you can you can um, plan or you know that uh, for example nanny and granddad are going to be um you know very worried and they're going to be um you know their health is going to suffer because they're going to start worrying and so on and so forth you can have a conversation you could perhaps put put, put the scenario in a kinder um, way and perhaps only share certain bits of information with them um, if you know somebody else um, who you rely on who's a stronger person in the family then you can just tell them straight as it is all guns are blazing and just say you know I need your help um, can you help me please so there's lots of different ways that this will play out in a family and also the wider circle with friends and also friends of friends mm. um, I've heard friends of friends who now follow me on Facebook and um, other platforms because they've known of my story through through my family and um, they now refer people um, it's taken years long long time for for my family or my, my daughter in particular to um, refer me to other people because the route that I took with my my serious cancer was unorthodox um, she was all very skeptical and oh I was lucky and this that and the other but now she's seen over the years how I've helped so many people but um, she now refers me uh, or refers people to me I, I don't chase anybody I won't I won't follow up if somebody wants me they know where to find me I'm not you know ambulance chasing and going after people what I do is on a voluntary basis um, I'm very happy to share and support and guide people but it has to be when they're ready yeah. um, and I am also very aware that in situations like this, it's not always the right time to have a conversation. So um, I wait for people. Well, don't sit, sit waiting, you know, but um, people people know where I am and they, they can contact me. And there's also lots of free information on my website um, that people can download and, and, and start working through themselves. But with the, with the Perfect 10 Wellness Programme, it's a way that I can now coherently help people in ways that don't overwhelm them, which I, I know I'm conscious of doing at times because I've got so much to share. So they can look at the different aspects of the programme and see which of those aspects they need more help with sooner rather than later. They can then concentrate on those um, or equally they can take the whole programme and, and um, run with it if, if they are uh, of a mind to. So family and friends, depending upon their personality type, their culture, education, um, their own health you know maybe they've been through a, a health scenario themselves and they've they're very opinionated about what what the person should or shouldn't do um, and again that can be very um, overwhelming and almost bullying to the person with a condition because they'll then feel honor bound to follow you know uncle fred's version of uh, recovery because 
um, you know, the, 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 press, the pressure's been put on. Uncle Fred's version of recovery may not be anywhere near suitable for, for, for the other person. So um, there, there's a lot that, that comes into this and whether they're generally, you know, positive people or negative people and um, all of that comes into play when um, when you're dealing with wellness of any description, whether it's a serious condition or, or even if you've got a cold, you know, um, some family members will go, oh, put yourself together. There's nothing wrong with you. You know, it's man flu or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but actually, if you don't feel well, you don't feel well. You know, you don't want somebody having a go at you. Um, you need support and kindness and, and empathy and, and so on and so forth. Um, so lots of different ways of, of, of looking at this this topic, really. Yeah, and I want to own in, Elaine, if I can, on that that friend's word. Um, for me, and I know it's not just about me, but I think you know by sharing our individual and collective experiences, we may we may get insights into things that previously uh, you know we'd not thought about ourselves. But for me, this word friends can be a very very consistent misnomer. And what I mean by that is, well, what is a friend? You, you know, we've I think we've all heard that saying, that old adage, well, if you can count them on one hand, you're lucky. Um, mm, I think there's, a, the you know, the risk of sounding sort of stereotyping, um, you know, or, or cliched almost, that there's, there's that, that statement can hold a lot of water. And, um, you know, for me, with friends, personally, I've what I've done now as a... Uh, I wouldn't say a coping mechanism, that, that'd be wrong to say that, but as a way of um, of moving forward and progressing in my life, you know, interesting how you alluded to that very strong-minded lady earlier on, Elaine, because that's my take. And it's, you know, what I've learned through mastering life principles is life is a very, very, very simple game, but we get self-compromised, we allow others to compromise us. But for me, my stance is very simple. Whether you're friends or family, I don't really discriminate um, I've, I've got a very simple rule that if you really care for me and my world, you might not agree with everything I say or every do, everything I do, but you'll be there with me. Um, and don't, you know, not getting up too much on your soapbox and judging and, oh, yeah, I'm falling out with me because all that does is put us both in, in negative energy. It puts pressure on the relationship um, you know, for many years, Elaine, you know, I rolled those metaphoric punches and I stuck with it and I stuck with it because that's kind of my tenacious character. But now I don't. I just say, listen, you know, hope this doesn't offend you. This is my decision. Uh, whether it meets with your approval or not, with the greatest respect to you, and I hope I'm not hurting your feelings, but this is my decision. And to quote Shirley Bassey, this is my life. Um, yes, Absolutely. Yeah, I had a great meeting earlier on this week with a lady. Um, I met her when we spoke at an event um, last year in Brighton, and we've we've kept in contact. And uh, she and I are doing a collaboration in uh, in well, starting off in Nottingham shortly. And she said to me that we 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 were kind of discussing about how our lives have sort of been going along in parallel, really, and um, lots of lots of similarities. And she she agreed with me about. The, the challenge we have when we when we accumulate a lot of knowledge about a specific topic we we continue to surprise ourselves at the amount that we know so we tend to mm -hmm. then sort of splurge it all out to people and we we look for feedback and 
give bear, bearing in mind that the different personalities some personalities would want immediate agreement with whatever it was that you know that has been said but she said the way she she has kind of learned that in recent times is it's her responsibility to share the knowledge to give information and then set the person free to do with it what they will and she and I both sort of compared notes that in the past we had both you know eagerly you know kept in contact with people and see you know how you're going how you're going all the rest of it now neither of us do that we just say here's the information and it's your choice what you do with it and then simply set them free like a butterfly going off and then it's up to them to do what they want to do with the information we've given them so we have a moral duty to share what we know but it's not our role or purpose in life to make sure they do it that is their responsibility and that's I've been pondering that in you know, the last few days since I've seen her and I think that is such a such a good um example that um you know if, if friends could do that um and so that's that's how I'm now um having the conversations with friends and family yes you're entitled to your opinion yes of course but don't don't put it on the person with the condition because it's not your place to your place is to be supportive as best you can but in ways they need it not in the ways you would like it to be fulfilled and and it is that question of empathy isn't it and the key word there for me elaine is support um because despite what i've said and i actually agree with what you've just said there that that's a bit of a tweak on on my initial statement but i absolutely agree with that because our role um i, I think in life for people that we we truly care about particularly uh, and I think to a, you know a large degree it applies generally as well is is one of support you know it's not my life to tell anybody else what to do and this is you know in my professional role as a coach and a mentor you know I, I cringe when I hear that that people or so-called fellow coaches almost dictate that this is what you'll do this you know this will fix you and, and mm. I've actually heard that said and it's like none of us need fixing we're independent people. We need a bit of help from. We all need a bit of help, a bit of support, uh, and love. We, you know that's that is what makes the world go round, um, and it is that gentle guidance. And you know, for me, it's a, it's a case of if it's meant to be, it'll show. If it's not, you let it go. And as you say, you know, you give people the insights, the support. But certainly not, um, as you say, insisting that and following up and pestering and, you know, yeah, but do it this way. And I, and I will concede that certainly in a former life, I was very much of that because that projection, Elaine, and I think, you know, this I'm certainly not talking about this from my own point of view um, or for, should I say from an ego point of view, but I share it to hopefully res that, that listeners can resonate that the fact that, do you know what, we all do this to certain degrees. Um, and we kind of jump in that when we see somebody struggling and I did this as I say in a former life under a professional banner of coach um, you kind of jump well I did I jumped down the hole with them it's like what I've learned to do now I don't jump down any hole I'm at the top with the metaphoric rope encouraging supporting for them to climb up out of that hole because I think what happens otherwise and I'm certainly as I say made these um made these errors of judgment and and actions i jumped down that metaphoric hole and when people have decided they want to climb out of it and they've climbed out of it by you know whatever means invariably i've been i've still emotionally been left down that hole and i thought well this can't be right 
this was not my challenge. And, I, and as I say, Elaine, I share that because I think there's a there's a semi consistency there for people's approach to um, you know how we try and fix. I'm not saying you know it's not for the right reason. I'm not questioning motives here, but I'm certainly you know more self aware of my own approach to things um, in terms of you know how we can help and support us, and more or less reinforcing what you've already alluded to. Yeah, it's it's um, it's so uh, difficult when you're passionate to help people not to get in the ring with them, isn't it? Really, yes. it really is difficult, and, yeah. and and I have done that many times in the past to the point where I've exhausted myself. Yeah. So um, yeah. I had to have a word with myself um, a while ago to say, right, okay, how can I do this better? How can I better serve people that doesn't exhaust me, that doesn't take all my energy, that but that supports them in the way that they need to be supported? So. Um, I, I, and I loved when the, this lady the other day said, um, you gift them the knowledge and the information and then you set them free like the butterfly. Mm. I've just got this image in my mind and I think that's beautiful. Well, that's... Um, <laughs> apologies, listeners, for using that me and I word yet again, but uh, um, on this instance, that, that really resonates with me because obviously part of, you know, Paul Lohartz is, is symbolised by a, a butterfly, emer- you know, the emergence of a butterfly from a from a chrysalis into a beautiful um into a beautiful thing that flies and is free so you know i i, I certainly don't take any need, need any convincing about that one i think it's a great way to describe things so uh, I, yeah i think the lady's got it spot on and there we are really there's not a lot more i can say about friends and family i think um it's just sort of reiterating the same stuff again and again so just make sure that if you have anybody in your family that has a, a serious condition ask them what they want don't assume anything don't judge them just ask them how can i support you how can i best best be of help to you and and if they come back with something that you don't agree with just listen just and just find a way in your heart that you can help them in ways that suit them they're the ones that need the help and if you're offering it then you have a duty uh, you're honor bound you have a moral duty in my view to to help them in the right ways Otherwise, you're more than a hindrance and you're a negative influence. You should get the hell out of there. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say, Elaine, is it not that the, uh, the this this whole um, episode that we've just been spoke about can be very can be summed up in three very succinct words. Learn to listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the hardest thing to do is not to say anything. It's a really hard, especially if you've got a very strong opinion about something. And if you see somebody going through treatment that you wholly disagree with, again, it's very difficult not to express that emotion. Um, you know, it's written all over your face. So if you can't trust yourself to be uh, non, you know, ju- non-judgmental um, in the presence of the person, then find other ways. You know, telephone them rather than visit them. Whatever, because. Um, when they see your face, see your body language, you don't have to say words. Um, it's written all over you. So just just be careful of your body language as well as uh, what you say as well. But listen, listen, listen for sure. Definitely. Okay. As ever, Elaine, sincere gratitude for sharing those insights. I, I'm, you know, hopefully, as I say this all the time, um, you know, there'll be some good insights there that's based on experience for people to pick up on and. Hopefully somewhere along the line it can help people, you know, so they, they don't make uh, 
these errors that, that, that we've made and they don't pay the price that we've had to pay in the past. So uh, if people want to know more about uh, your programme, Elaine, about you, how, how can people get in touch with you? Just go to www.perfect-health.co.uk perfect-health.co.uk or Google me, you'll find me all over the place. Superb. Thanks, Elaine. So, listeners, there we have it. That was Elaine Godley. Why your family and friends might not help you from the Perfect 10 Wellness Programme. So, until the next episode, be safe and keep loving. Hearts, helping everyone achieve results towards success. <laughs>